All right. We are live with Senor James Corbett. We've been having uh, technical issues. He's been having technical issues on his recent appearance with uh, Ryan on Last American Vagabond. So Klaus does not want James to get the word out. Uh, and again, for people who've been living under a rock, we're talking to James Corbett, his second appearance, I think, on TNT, award-winning uh, journalist, and uh, find all his stuff at CorbettReport.com. How are you doing, James? I'm doing pretty good, Hervoy. How are you doing? Uh, as, as good as things can be, as World War III is is underway. And, you know, I've been, of course, a lot of us follow your material, and it's interesting that lately you've been covering a lot of topics on my mind. You know, the information war, the great travel reset, Israel, uh, Palestine, and, ju and just real quick, you know, again, people should go watch your 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 stuff, and I don't want to get too much into it, but I thought we'd start with your latest, which was a gentleman's guide to trolls, bots, sea lions, forum spies, and other pests. And I learned what a sea lion was thanks to you, uh, and I think this is important because the and it's relevant for listeners as well because they are themselves participating in you know various Telegram or Twitter chats or comment sections of Odyssey or BitChute. And, and I did hear you recently talk about how the comment section in BitChute turns people off. And I noticed BitChute changed something. They don't show the comments anymore. You have to actually click a button now on BitChute mm -hmm. for them to show the comments. So maybe they've been listening to you. But, um, you know, and, and last week I got into trouble with Elliot Higgins and Bellingcat. You know, I, I mistakenly pasted, posted some fake news and they, they, they tried to shame me. And I think, you know, one of the best tactics for me was show that they can't shame me. I just retweeted them uh, and said, hey, look, I'm going to be famous. And they just kind of shut up. They, they ceased and desisted because, um, it, you know, their tactics don't work. But just your thoughts on, uh, you know, your, your latest, um, you know, troll uh, exp expose and, and uh, how the information war is uh, escalating. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's an important topic and one that I think uh, doesn't get enough conscious attention. It's all unconscious and subconscious, which is part of the problem, I think, here. But, um, I mean, there's a difference between a troll or a forum spy or a pest of some sort and someone who is pointing out that, hey, what you have just said is factually wrong. That is incorrect. That is fake news. And hopefully in that case, when that is the case, you can go, oh, my bad, that is wrong. I retract it. You know, everybody... Please, please know that that was incorrect information. That's the way it's supposed to work, right? That's generally not how it works online. And as anyone who's ever posted anything online or attempted to engage in a conversation online knows, it is very quickly, it devolves into flame wars and ad hominems and what have you. And what I was trying to do in that Solutions Watch episode in particular was direct people's attention to a post that, as I say, I believe has been floating around on the internet in various forms for decades now. Um, but I was looking at specifically a, a version of it from um, 2012, I think was posted up on Crypto.org about this forum uh, gentleman's gentle person's guide to forum spies or something along those lines and just looking at some of the common tactics that are used to derail conversation and i think it is important for people to keep that in mind because everyone thinks ah you know whatever it's just the comments who cares it's just having fun but i think people are affected much much more than they whatever themselves suspect themselves to be um, by the types of conversations that ha happen online. Because as human beings, we tend to believe we are engaged in an actual human conversation with a real earnest other human being. And we're having some sort of debate and it'll be an argument and we'll have the facts on this side and facts on that side. But 
Well, sometimes that may be the case, but sometimes that is not the case. And we know, we know that the, the 77th Brigade of the UK um, PSYOPs warriors online and the US and Israel and pretty much every government on the planet at this point has dedicated teams of PSYOPs warriors online, literally devoted to derailing conversation in various ways, debunking debunking information that goes against uh, the uh, the official government line, etc. So it, at the very, very, very least, we should always, always have in the back of our mind, who are we debating with, engaging with? And it gets even worse now in this era of bat, uh, chatbots and, well, la- large language models that can adequately sort of imitate human speech. Well, now it's getting harder and harder and harder and harder to tell who you're actually talking to online. And I want people to keep that in mind because unfortunately, as I say, people's not just not just the way they think, but then how they act in the world is influenced by all of these conversations you are engaged in online. And once you start to identify some of the tactics that are used to derail people, get them off track, get them thinking about other things, get them divided, um, it, it, once you start to identify that, I think you have a chance of actually overcoming it, but you have to identify it first. Yeah. And, and you know, p- people in various groups or, or, or chats, the, as you mentioned, the tactic is identifying it, calling it out, uh, and then, and even ignoring it. And that completely, I think, angers those, yeah. uh, 77th brigade people. And, yeah. you know, don't feed the trolls you... is one of the oldest statements online. Right. And it's absolutely true. It's, it's funny how often people can get baited so easily into some sort of conversation just by the big red meat they'll throw out with some provocative statement and everyone jumps on that statement and starts debating it back and forth. And one of the tactics that I didn't, I don't think I addressed specifically in that Solutions Watch episode that I've seen many times before is that someone will say something that is just totally not true. And everyone will respond to that as if it is true. So I've seen many, many times, oh, you know, oh, James says blah, 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 but actually, da, 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 da. And actually, I never said blah, blah, blah. (laughs) That was something that someone just totally made up. But everyone responds as if, okay, James said this thing. And now let's all talk about that thing. No, I never, (laughs) I didn't say that. (laughs) That's totally made up, but everyone will respond to it. So again, the tactics are, are very effective because they push people's buttons in ways that most people don't even understand they have buttons yeah and so people have to get smarter and just just ignore and call them out and that right there defeats the situation real quick james we got to jump to our headlines we continue our conversation with james corbett of corbettreport.com if you haven't already subscribed to his email list his Substack, become a member and uh you know help keep um, him doing the work that he's doing and uh before you know me continuing on james you know some of the other topics that i'm interested in of course is what you've been covering the great travel reset i've been worried about not uh being able to travel anymore to see friends and family and my other homelands in the near future and then um of course israel palestine but you know whether it's those topics or is there any other uh topic that's burning uh on your mind or that you're preparing to cover in the near future there is always there's no lack of things to talk about and i just had a an email recently from someone who said you know uh i I was glad to see the passion that you had in your recent uh podcast on the great travel reset because there's so many things going on right now it's hard to understand what the priority should be 
And unfortunately, that's right. I mean, yeah, uh, World War III seems like a pretty big deal, right? So we should probably be concentrating on that. But then again, I mean, the, the great travel reset, etc., are kind of things that are even on top of that World War kind of agenda so that it's happening simultaneously all across the globe in an almost a coordinated fashion but between different nation states. So maybe we should be concentrating on that. Maybe we should be concentrating over here. So anyway, I got tons of things on my plate. I'm happy to talk about anything you're interested in. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we've talked uh, in the past on my podcast on TNT and, and me on your report. And, um, you know, since 2020, you know, I, I was back then, you know, I've been talking to Patrick Wood, Edwin Black, all these people, um, Aaron Hariati and others. And it just it comes down to whatever, you know, we, I think you've called it the digital gulag. I call it the algorithm ghetto, this digital control grid. And every day, you know, I'm reading biometric uh, update for the news segment next hour. You know, it's you got Amazon Web Service working with India's government to repurpose repurpose the COVID nineteen portal for digital health ID IDs that are going to track, uh, you know, humans from cradle to grave. Bill Gates is out there in Kenya now. Uh, you know, in in uh, where is this now? Uh, they're bringing out these kiosks where you just uh, now pay. You just scan. No more cash, right? Just QR codes or uh, NFC cards or facial recognition. And I think this is the key. This for me even trumps World War Three because um, it's going to be in every nation. You know, World War Three is going out there. It's going on out there in, in, in Europe and you know the other fronts that are opening up in, in the Middle East. Uh, you can escape to Latin America maybe <laughs> or, or parts of Asia. Um, uh, to escape World War Three, but you can't escape the algorithm ghetto. So, you know, your further thoughts on great travel reset and all this, uh, you know, digital IDs and all this. Yeah, it's such an extremely important topic, because as I hoped I was able to articulate in that recent podcast episode, this isn't just about this one particular issue. It's the it's one of those things that connects into everything that is coming, the whole digital gulag system, and the idea of a vaccine passport or a carbon passport or whatever they're going to frame it as is just one one way into this coming complete prison system where you will have your digital ID tied to your central bank digital currency, tied to your social credit score, and you will be allowed and permitted out of your home or not on the whims of some technocrat flipping a switch somewhere. And the worst part, actually for me, the worst part about all of this is not even, okay, yes, of course the technocrats are going to technocrat. They're going to try to do this. Uh, that's not even surprising to me at this point. What is truly gobstopping to me is the people out there who do not understand the significance of this, um, including some of the, well, potentially forum spies and trolls and bots and other <laughs> commenters out there. But I've seen some of the feedback on, on the great travel reset. Oh, you know, who cares about middle class travel anyway? As if, as if a, okay, sorry for my, 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 my ridiculous bourgeois middle class concern about being able to travel back to Canada to see my friends and family again. Sorry, sorry to have that kind of, you know, no, no, you're right. I shouldn't have the right to do that. Government should come in and dictate that to me. So first of all, a big F you to anyone who would come in between me and my family. But secondarily, even beyond that, it's not even about that. It's not even about jet setting and international travel. It's about your ability to travel anywhere, including outside of your own home. Do people already forget 
just a few years ago, the lockdowns that were happening. Are you are you fine with that? Are you happy? Because that is the great travel reset. That's what we are talking about. And as 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 seemingly simply as they were able to do that a few years ago, it will be even more simple in the coming dystopian nightmare digital gulag prison future where we are all essentially prisoners by default and only allowed out of our homes by the flick of a switch of a technocrat whim that is the great travel reset so people who don't understand this oh it's just you and your middle class travel concerns that to me is the most worrying part of all of this no i think you you hit the nail on the head and and um I'm, I'm I'm responding to emails daily, and I was talking to someone I forget somewhere, and I, again r- repeating the experience I had here in Mexico, where uh, what you're I mean what you're talking about is internal Soviet passports in every nation, so um, you won't be able to go state to state. That was the case in Canada. Uh, you know they 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 floated these ideas here in Me- Mexico. You know I'm in the state of Jalisco, which is called the free and sovereign state, and I mock that. I laugh. I'm like, are you joke free and sovereign? And the governor Enrique Alfaro, who I called Enrique Adolfo Alfaro, uh, alluding to Adolf Hitler, he floated the ideas of um, not being able to enter or exit the, the state of Jalisco in Mexico without a COVID uh, passport. So that's exactly what you're saying. So, the, you know, people have to get it through their heads. If this system is put into place, you won't be able to leave your state, potentially even your city or municipality. Your you know, 15 minute city as it could be. And then, as I say, just a few years ago, it was literally you had to have permission to leave your house in France, in Australia, in various places. They really literally did that lockdown. Unless you have a permission slip from the government, you cannot travel anywhere and do anything. And that is the level of granular detail that will be possible in this system where literally your entire life now is on your little fondle slab slave device. And if you don't have that carried around tracking you at all times, then you're not allowed into the public space. And that is what it's about. It's not even about crossing a provincial border or a state border. It's about literally going and accessing any public space. As Again, I played the clip in uh, The Great Travel Reset about the clear health pass. Yeah, okay, screening 1.0 was at the airports, but 2.0 is going to be, oh, you know, stadiums or cinemas or businesses, restaurants. If you want to go anywhere, you'll have to check in with your little slave device. That is what this is about. And, you know, I I will want to get on to Israel and Palestine, but we can talk solutions now and you know i'm a big fan of aaron day uh who i've had on the on the on the program and he's saying you know our time is it's really running out the, the clock is, is is winding down uh you know today you're reading mastercard and i forget who else are working um uh to to complete the interoperability with the with the cbdc's based on the ethereum uh whatever platform and so they're steamrolling ahead um you know, it seems like the biggest solutions is just to boycott, to to divest, to decentralize. You know, um, start using Linux. I've got a degoogled phone. Um, buy from uh, you know local farmers just as much as we can. And, and you mentioned this in your recent roundtable with Merrill Nass, who I've had on the show, and James Raguski, who I just spoke to yesterday. Um, that you you were a bit a little bit of cyanide pill there, as I call it, as legal man calls it. Um, but you know, if enough people don't wake up we're screwed we need a certain critical mass and so you know your your thoughts on on the way forward 
Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying and the, and the spirit behind it, because uh, for those people who think there is some sort of political solution to this, and you're going to cast the right vote in your once every four year slave suggestion box, and that will solve everything. Good luck to you. And I mean that genuinely. I hope you are able to vote your savior into power and all of this will be derailed. But I don't think that's going to happen. And I'm not holding my breath waiting for that to happen. Um, I, and it, I, again, I'm not stopping anyone from doing anything that they think is going to work. But I just, you know, good luck to you. Um, no, this isn't. This, this is the the logic of the technocratic system as it has developed. Of course, they are going to push this digital technology. And of course, I mean, it's just the natural evolution. Everyone carries around their slave device. So, of course, they're going to put your entire digital identity and every everything on it. And that's just the way this is going. I mean, get with the times, man. So the only, I think, truly, it's certainly, we're not going to derail this through some sort of political legislative process. The only thing that will actually affect this is mass non-compliance, certainly. But beyond that, as I always stress, and as it always comes back to with, with my solutions watch and the things that I'm stressing, yeah, of course, we have to not comply with the system. But we also have to be building up the alternative at the same time. Because it's great just to say, okay, so, you know, just don't have a driver's license, don't have a passport, don't leave your home, and that'll show them. Well, no, not really. No, we have to build up the communities where we will all agree to participate and and uh, transact with each other in non-digital ways, etc., and don't need the QR codes and the and the ID passes and all of that. And that's the and unless we have that infrastructure in place now, how on earth are we going to set it up? You know, a few years down the road, when all of this is already in place and already functioning, it has to be done now. And of course, you're just going to get the people will say, well. Well, if you do that, they're just going to come after you. You think they're just going to let you trade with each other? <laughs> well, okay, great. So I guess the answer really literally is just to lay down and die. <laughs> All right. Well, if that's your solution, good luck to you. But that ain't my solution. I'm going to keep pressing this. We have to create the alternative communities that will be the answer. Some people taltalk about, oh, all of this is going to collapse, the Great Reset project is going to collapse and you know we have to walk a fine line because you know people have pointed this out we don't want to project too much power you know uh mm -hmm. that the world economic forum doesn't have or klaus schwab and then uh do the work for them right yeah. we don't want to do that but then there's the other extreme right oh it's going to collapse like, like you kind of alluded to we don't have to worry about it um and then you know, maybe at some point i think eventually it will collapse but you yeah. know that could be we could be living in the gulag for 10 20 30 40 years i don't yeah, want to exactly uh, I don't and even to, then yeah. even when it collapses depending on the way that it collapses it could collapse on us you know i mean if it's great if the system all collapses and it doesn't work but then okay so now we don't have those alternative communities in place because you were going poo poo who cares so now we're all just left scrambling to try to build all of that from scratch and good luck to you so again the, the it, it's like the people who try to put uh poo poo the preppers oh stupid preppers trying to prepare for emergencies so oh, how stupid well okay so the worst case scenario the emergency doesn't come but you still have, you know, the edible foods and supplies and everything in case, you know, anything happens, an earthquake or whatever, you're still prepared. So that's a win, no matter what. In the same way, building up the alternative communities and infrastructures and knowing people in your local area that you can trade with and having uh, redundancies and backups and 
on offline systems for trading. What is the harm in that? Why not be doing that? There is no reason why people should not be actively engaged in trying to build that up right now, regardless of whether or not this all just magically collapses on itself. And I say, I agree. I think people put too much power in the they, them, those that control everything. And it's all, it's all masterminded by Klaus Schwab. He's a clown. He is nothing. But it's the, it's, as I say, it's the logic of the system. Even if you got rid of every single person in the World Economic Forum and Bilderberg and Trilaterals and all of these people overnight, the system would continue to function in the way the system is going to function. It's going to process us all as these digital entities in the digital grid because that is the technocratic mindset that the public has largely uh, not just been inculcated with, but now genuinely believes themselves. And it's the logic of the system. So until we change that logic, it's not going to change. And it's not about those people. It's about the system. So anyway, that's my thoughts. And, you know, COVID-1994 already proved that the preppers were right. I mean, I've still got some canned food from 2020. You know, as soon as I came from Kazakhstan back to Mexico in 2020, I went to the supermarket and bought like, filled up the cart with canned uh, goods and and, and, uh, stuff. But, you know, even as you say, even if it doesn't happen now, historically, I'm a former history major professor teacher, uh, you know, Every few generations, we have the hundred year storm. So, um, at least, you know, if you have a bunker or something like that, uh, your, your kids will be ready, right? For the hundred year storm when it, uh, hits. And then maybe to get again to World War three, I, I think I was listening to New World next week or, or, or was it where you mentioned your second podcast ever? You were talking about World War three in Iran. Uh, and then on, on my pat, on my podcast a year or two ago, uh, we were discussing this and that, uh, you know, I think, and, and that, you know, they, they can, they, they can take us to war that fulfills a lot of their purposes. But uh, James, it really does seem like this is it, you know, with what Israel has done, uh, and Palestine, and then you're, you're reading today from Ayatollah Khomeini, the Iranian foreign minister, what, what, what they're talking about, like the Muslim world is beginning to, there's, it's like, there feels like there's momentum that's building up, uh, towards uh, events so um and, and you know i just also want to mention we, we had this rocket attack on the hospital and i'm not jumping to conclusions because you've got netanyahu idf saying it was um the palestinians or hamas or some other group and then you've got them saying it was israel and, and idf and i'm here just like really I, I don't want to jump to conclusions you know it's the fog of war i have no idea what's going on but just you know your take on what's uh, everything that's going on there is so much to discuss, so I guess it depends on which aspect you want to talk about, but let's forestall and head off the uh, the brainiacs out there who will seek to derail this conversation by redefining the terms and saying, well, World War III is already going on, and it's a war of every government against its own citizens. Yes, you're right, and you, you believe that because I've said it many, many, many times, and I've pointed this out, perhaps most notably in a Questions for Corbett I did a few years ago now on how will World War III be fought, in which I took that question and talked a little bit about the technology of warfare, but then talked a little bit more about, well, actually, we are in World War III. It's a fifth-gen war of essentially nation-states against their own citizens, and it's not even about nation-states per se. It's about control structures and the technocratic system. So anyway, yeah, I've said that before. Now, talking about World War III in its geopolitical context and in its traditionally understood meaning, there was a second world war that we all understand that took place 1939, 94, blah, blah, blah. And there will be a third world war if 
things continue along this path, and we already see the outlines of that war. This is one of those things where um, I believe it's a famous Hemingway quote, and I'm really going to have to commit this to memory because I I reference it and I never remember it, but it's something a a character in a story is asked essentially how they went bankrupt. And they said, uh, well, very, very gradually and then all at once or something like that. Yeah, it takes, we see it coming. We know exactly what's happening and we we can see it years off in the distance, and then it happens. And who knows what assassination of what Archduke, you know, is the actual trigger event that triggers it. But it wasn't the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand that really was the the real trigger and impetus for World War One. It was just the event which set those particular um, pieces into play. Um, similarly, World War Three. We already understand what is happening in them. The as as you cover extensively, and you have conversations about this all the time. The, the multipolar, it's the Atlanticists versus the Eurasianists, and it's the the NATO bloc versus the BRICS, and all of this. We know the outlines of what is already developing right now. So it will not be surprising when this eventuates into warfare. The only thing is, well, where and in which particular context will it be? Ukraine and Russia? Will it be Israel and? And the Palestinians, will it be Taiwan and China? You know, there's a million different, and who knows, there could be, like with World War One, it could be some other part of the globe entirely that no one was expecting and no one was thinking about. Um, but wherever it kicks off, we already know what this is going to look like. The one thing we don't really know is the technology of warfare that will be employed in this. Um, I believe Trump um, said recently, um, World War Three is closer than ever, and it will involve technologies you can't you can't dream of, or you know, imagine that in a Trump voice. I, I don't think I do a good Trump impression, but anyway, and I think he's probably right about that. Again, as I've stressed many times, you think you know what warfare is? Well, we haven't seen true global battlefield warfare um, on that scale for seventy five, eighty years, whatever it's been now. So um, I, I think people will have to reconceptualize what what war looks like and what war is. Anyway, all of that to say, the events obviously taking place in Israel and occupied Palestine right now, incredibly concerning because not only obviously the the genuine and real humanitarian concern for people who are potentially going to be ethnically genocided um, in coming days, potentially, um, but also, of course, the the broader implications of this and the potential for regional war that would escalate quite quickly. And of course, now we have the whole Iran, Hezbollah, what, you know, the day of action and what have you that uh, Iran is apparently calling for and the U.S. um, threatening Iran now and the strike aircraft uh, strike groups uh, being uh, taken to the region. Just incredibly concerning. Of course, all of this, as I have uh, pointed out in some of my recent coverage, I hope people will check it out. All of this on the back of this incredibly, not just not just suspicious, not just unlikely, but literally impossible event of not just one breach of this border, but 15 simultaneous breaches, thousands of people coming across, color-coded, coordinated map strike plans of exactly where to go to get the Israeli intelligence hubs. They're they're dragging IDF soldiers out in their pajamas, completely caught off guard, running around for hours and hours, killing people en masse, taking prisoners and hostages, and just, uh, who knows? Oh, wow, it was just such a big surprise. Who could have imagined it? Top to bottom, total 
total garbage. And even Israelis are now starting to talk about this. Um, I hope people will check out uh, Efrat Fenixen, uh recently talked to um, one of the Weinsteins, um, Brett. Eric, I don't know. <laughs> I think it was Brett. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Brett, on his podcast, uh, talking about the again, the it, it's impossible. It's it, this could not have happened this way. And um, there's a lot of details there for people who want it. But long story short, I think something has been manipulated here, and I don't know what the actual end game of this was because we are now what a, a week plus or what I, I can't even remember how long it's been. We we are several days into this and they still haven't done this ground invasion that they've been talking about and talking about and talking. So I don't know what's going to eventuate from this and what particularly the play was, but we do already see some of the 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 immediate effects of this, which of course, as always, is to rally people around the flag. Um and Netanyahu and all of the cre- the protests and IDF reservists and others were threatening to walk out and all of this. Well, all of that immediately solved, as usual, rallying people around the flag with this spectacularly unlikely Israeli 9-11, as it's being called. Yeah, one of my fears is what you mentioned, the technologies that will be developed, you know, space lasers, right? And, and uh, basically, I feel like they're going to use this to build out Skynet uh, effectively and then... Uh, the war is not going to go on forever, you know, however long, you know, if it, if it is World War III and it lasts a couple of years and millions of people die afterwards, those technologies then will be uh, brought home. Um, and, you know, it's, it's interesting that the mainstream media has been saying this is the Israeli 9-11. And I guess they don't realize that a majority of the people uh, understand the American 9-11 as a false flag operation. And now, um, yeah, and as you just laid out, looking at the evidence, this was a stand down. This was a type of false flag operation by the Israeli uh Side and then you know j- just to mention you know, Alexander Dugin tweets today he says it it appears Ukraine was just uh, preface for something much bigger new front lines manifest themselves on much broader scale uh, my fellow Croat um, uh, Alex Craner also said the same thing that what's ha- that uh, the Middle East now is another front of the same you know World War uh three and then you know we're seeing people you know there was the communications minister in israel who said now they want to be able to if you commit a thought crime now in israel questioning the regime um they they can come just come to your house take you away they can expropriate your house and now you know the reports whatever one thinks of reiner filmic he was in mexico in tijuana renewing his passport at the German embassy. They just renditioned him now to Germany, reportedly. Uh, you had Craig Murray, former British ambassador, coming from Iceland to UK, just been arrested by the counterterrorism forces. Uh, I mean, it's <laughs> we're, we're two and a half minutes to midnight, uh, James. You know, thoughts on that or, or anything else? Uh, I think you're right. We're in some extremely, uh, an extremely grave situation on so many different fronts. And um, yeah, some of those recent moves should be concerning to all of us again. Regardless of what you think about Middle East uh, regional po- politics and what have you, and the religious issues and all of that, it still is even it's even bigger than that because again, this could be the the spark in the powder keg that sets off a worldwide conflagration. And can you imagine? Hey, maybe it's everything all simultaneously. Maybe Israel Gaza lights off at the same time that some Ukraine Russia nuke goes off at the same time that China takes Taiwan. And the entire world could be a completely, utterly changed forever in 24 hours. That's the way this could go. And I'm not saying it will go that way. And I'm not saying that we should all be just sitting there, you know, munching popcorn, watching the show and being afraid. But I'm saying be 
be aware that we are in extremely grave times. And again, other than other than prep, prep, preparing yourself and your community to handle whatever is going to come, what else can we do? Again, yeah, vote for your preferred savior of choice. 2024, guys, it's the most important selection of your lifetime. Garbage, nonsense. But anyway, uh, vote if you want. But in the meantime, try doing something in the real world to prepare yourself and your community for what's coming. And and none of this means, you know, that we are uh, sad or de depressed daily. You know, we talk about this, we internalize it, we prepare. But also, you know, people have a balanced life, enjoy life, um, do art, spend time with friends and family. And, and you know, I'm I'm chipper. I'm in the face of all of this. Yeah, it's depressing, but we got to keep our spirits up. Uh, and uh, we're just about out of time. Last minute. Uh, tell us, you know, where can we find you? Best way to support uh, Corbett Report. CorbettReport.com, C-O-R-B-E-T-T Report.com. Best way to support the work is just to get it out to others. And let me underline what you're saying there. Absolutely. Do not sit there living in fear, cowering, watching the spectacle. Live your life. The reason I am worked up, the reason I am passionate is because I love my life. I love this world. I love my family. I, I love my friends. I want more of this. So that is the impetus for what I do. Not out of fear or rage or, or anything else. It's out of love. Eat, drink, be merry, make babies. Uh, always great to chat. JamesCorbettReport.com. Thank you. Thank you.